The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm so glad you're listening today. Uh, I have one of my storytelling heroes here today, so you will not want to miss this. Uh, But before we get started, I want to thank my guest from last week. It was Mark Evans, who is the author of Storytelling for Startups. We had a great chat about how story can help new entrepreneurs engage their clients and customers more effectively. And you can listen to that episode on the on-demand library on the Story Powered page. But don't go anywhere, because you will definitely want to hear my guest today. I'm chatting with Michael Margolis of Get Storied after the story of the week. So I have actually chosen for this week for the story of the week um, to read you a story from Michael's manifesto, Believe Me. And um, the story is called The Long Walk Home. And it's a familiar story, um, but I just I love how he's put it together. And I think it's, it's a really important story for us. So The Long Walk Home. The hero's journey is one of our oldest stories. As the great mythologist Joseph Campbell illustrated, this one story form is a basic archetypal myth that exists from every every, across every society and period of human history. And there's an important part to the hero's journey that often gets overlooked. It is, in Michael's opinion, uh, and mine too, of the greatest significance to the innovator, change maker, and visionary. So he says, let me remind you of how the basic story goes. So we find the hero living in an ordinary life. One day something happens that make her, makes her somewhat uncomfortable. But she dismisses this feeling and goes back to her familiar pursuits. Signs continue to appear until finally something pivotal tells her that she can no longer ignore the call to adventure. So the hero gathers her courage and leaves mostly everything else behind. She heads out of the village and into the wilderness. She doesn't yet know her destination. She just knows that she can no longer remain and accept the status quo. As she travels through the unknown, she unavoidably gets lost. And along the way, teachers appear, and she learns new skills that build her confidence. Eventually, she makes her way to a mountain. Various tests and tribulations follow as she tries to make her way to the peak. Near the summit, she discovers a hidden innermost cave. It is here she must face and slay the proverbial dragon. If she succeeds, she receives a great gift of gold, wisdom, and learning. If she fails, the journey is over, a great loss to herself and humanity. With triumph comes the moment of illumination, as she stands on the top of the world with the great mysteries of the universe revealed. And yet, the hero's journey does not end on top of the mountain. There's a second half to the story we often forget. It's called The Long Walk Home. When the hero must make her way back down the mountain, 
Into the valley where the river flows and things grow, she must navigate her way back to the village. Of course, she comes sprinting down the mountain, eager to share her newfound wisdom with the world. She can already imagine a hero's hero's welcome, trumpets blaring, ticker tape parade, a party in the streets. And yet, when she finally makes her way home, nobody is standing at the gates to welcome her back. Nobody sent out the memo for the ticker taper parade. Nobody brought the piñata and margaritas. It seems like folks don't even care to notice she was gone. They're certainly not interested in listening to what she has to say now. Her attempts to connect with others are returned with blank stares of confusion and disbelief. The long walk home is the most heartbreaking journey of many a hero's journey. It's the most heartbreaking part of many a hero's journey. Every visionary comes down the mountain with great gifts to serve humanity, yet a painful experience of social rejection and disconnection usually follows. The hero simply seeks a triumphant return home. If she could only bottle the magic, others could drink from the well. So again, this, this story is from Believe, Believe Me, and it is the story manifesto that Michael Margolis has written. And I highly recommend you, you read the book. But uh, the reason I chose this story today is because it, it actually highlights some really important pieces. Um, and especially for people who are change agents, entrepreneurs, we all feel like we've got a new idea got something we want to share with the world and often really struggle to do it. And uh, for me and uh, for a lot of us working in storytelling, we, we really believe that storytelling is is one of the best and most powerful ways to, to include people in your vision and uh, bring them along. So I am delighted to welcome Michael Margolis. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Leanne. Thanks for having me. So delighted to have you here. So I'm just going to do a little introduction. Um, so Michael is the founder and CEO of Get Storied, the world's leading school for business storytelling. The son of an artist and inventor, Michael is obsessed with how ideas become reality, how innovation takes hold, and how we story ourselves in the digital age. For the past 12 years, he's been on the forefront of the business storytelling movement, advising the likes of Google, Deloitte, Bloomberg, SAP, and Greenpeace. As the Dean of Story U, Michael is building the next generation of curriculum for storytelling as a business tool for influence and transformation. Michael is the author of several books, including Believe Me, a Storytelling Manifesto for Changemakers and Innovators. He is one of Twitter's leading voices on storytelling and has been featured in Fast Company, Wired, and Inc. Magazine. Michael is left-handed, colorblind, and eats more chocolate than the average human. And so I have invited you, Michael, just uh, based on your chocolate um, fetish, <laughs> a kindred spirit, a kindred spirit. So chocolate and story, I mean, two things that go well together, right? Always. You can never have enough chocolate. <laughs> so tell us your story. Tell us how you, um, you know, how, what's your history and how did you get all storified? Yeah. Well, I used to suck at storytelling, truth be told. And... And it's an interesting thing. I mean, I actually have always been good with words, but I I spent much of my life feeling lost in translation. And, um, you know, it might have been my chocolate habit, which I developed at a really young age growing up in Switzerland for the first nine years of my life. And, and my father worked for Nestle. So we uh, pretty much had a unlimited supply of chocolate uh, to one's heart's content, and uh, but there was an aspect of, of the of my life very early on of 
of experiencing kind of like the story that you shared about the long walk home of, of not really fitting in or belonging anywhere. And, and I saw this in my parents, you know, my father, the inventor, my mother, the artist who were both, who still are incredible creative visionaries. And yet they didn't always succeed in being able to translate their creative visions into something that everybody else could understand. They certainly have had much, much success, but, but I saw time and time again, oftentimes things that they would create that maybe didn't quite stick. And, you know, it, it really became, I think, a very immersive environment for me of being so deeply ingrained in the creative process. You know, I never knew growing up as a kid if my day would be a science experiment or an art project. That's fun. Uh, which was phenomenal. Yeah, but but, yeah. but this other half of it, Leanne, was then, you know, we, we were sort of the oddball, crazy Americans in Switzerland. Oh, okay. Yep. Right? That makes sense, yeah. And, and keep in mind, then, when I was nine years old, we moved from Lausanne, Switzerland, to Los Angeles, California. You couldn't think of two worlds more apart. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still recovering from the experience, and um, so experiencing all that culture shock really, really, really defined me in so many ways. And you know what what that has led to. I, you know, I, I became a cultural anthropologist, uh, and then uh, my first career, I was a social entrepreneur. I, I came out of, of university in, in the late 90s, right when the internet took off. And I realized that what was most interesting about culture wasn't as much ancient culture or indigenous culture, which both I think are fascinating, but, but really captured my imagination was the culture that we were inventing in real time. Because of this fast company, internet age of innovation that we're all living in and continuing to live in. And uh, my experience as a social entrepreneur had a lot of early success. First couple years, you know, had funding from the Ford and Rockefeller Foundation in my early 20s and, you know, and, and sort of had that very fast rise as many of us did in those days. And then I had the epic fail, crash and burn like many of us had in those days and um, when I picked up those pieces, I realized something was missing from the conversation. That the way that we look at story, the, frankly, the way that we look at innovation, that something was missing. And that's what brought me back to story, which is really what's at the heart of culture. And, um, and, and really set me off on that quest 12 years ago. And, and really looking at how do you get others to see what you see? Because we all see something different. Right. For some of yep. us, yep. you can look at a page full of numbers and you see the story. For somebody else, they can look at buckets full of paint and they see the story. Or somebody sees words and they see the story. And of course, you can look at the same words and everybody sees a different story. So looking at how do you frame the story of innovation, of change, of transformation in a way that more effectively translates in, in sharing what, what may be world-changing or disruptive ideas and, and for those to really stick and, and find, find their place and audience. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, I, I think that that's, um, you've described, I, I've had a very similar journey in some ways, different geography, but also, um, you know, the the idea of uh, moving countries and, and trying to bring your story with you and, 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 you know, and sometimes people really aren't that interested <laughs> in the story of, of what's happened before, right? And yeah. and that's kind of similar to change. And, and like you just said, I think, you know, I've I've had those uh, moments in the in life, and that's where um, I lo- I found a, a love for story as well. Is that that bit about because when you talk about change and transformation, it's so easy to get stuck in the right or wrong conversation, right? Who's mm-hmm. right? Who's wrong? Um, and and you just get stuck. There's nowhere to go. I'm so glad you bring that up because what you're speaking to is one of the biggest challenges that faces uh, the business application of storytelling. You see, if we go back to the hero's journey, which is a great reference point, and, and, and frankly, it's a bit overused, but it's a really important reference point. And the hero's journey really is not only the monomyth of, of history, but it shows up in great film and television and books. And, you know, it's, it's that classical hero's journey unfolding. Well, the hero's journey does not effectively drag and drop into a business application or context all the time. And the reason is, um, remember that, that the hero's journey historically is morality tale, right? Because yeah, the moment sense. you have yep. a hero, you've got a victim and a villain. Yeah, yeah. And we live in an age where we have to learn how to tell stories that still have creative tension, that still have choice, that still have a sense of conflict, but that transcend hero, victim, villain. Because the moment you get into morality tale, you've lost most of your audience. Morality tale really isn't the right format for an age when worldviews and value systems are colliding. Um, And that is to... I think the sort of the nuanced part of how do you tell stories for innovation and in, in world changing impact? Absolutely, and and as you said that it's you know like you say the hero's journey is in, in it's it's all over the place. And I was just thinking about fairy tales because that's where you know and and that's sometimes I think where people struggle to translate from you know, um, their own lives to business. And and if we think about fairy tales, it's happily ever after. And we don't know what happened next. We don't know what happened. Did Cinderella um, and the prince, you know, get married and and, uh, have a divorce a couple years later? Or like, nobody knows the answer. To, to the next part. And so that's why I loved the, the story that you, you wrote in your manifesto because the next part is the kind of how do I make it resonate? How do I, and I'm using the word make it and that's uh, wrong language too. It's like how do, I, how do I express myself in a way that I don't feel outside all the time and that I, and also enable people, like you say, to have disruptive ideas without people uh, closing them down because they're too disruptive, or and I, you know, I, I get that it's um, it's challenging, but it's it's there's there's a way with story to move past some of, like you say, the morality of it. Yeah. So how Absolutely. do we get past it? And and in terms of you know with business, what's the difference? This so I'm going to ask you because you're the man on this stuff because you know people say to me all the time, what's the difference between telling children's stories and business storytelling? Like what would you say would be the core difference? Mm. Well, in the context of, of the thread that we're on right now, 
one of the things I would point out is avoid the prefabricated ending. Mm, nice. So children's stories are designed to finish in a way where we wrap them up in a pretty little bow. And yeah. in the world of business storytelling, there's way too much self-congratulations and self-validation where we make ourselves the hero of the story or we make our product mm, the hero of the story. Instead, you want to make your customer or audience the hero of the story. And you want to frame the story in a way that doesn't have a, free, a prefabricated ending, meaning the best kind of business story today is one that um, speaks to a creative tension. Like, uh, was just on one of our live office hours for our learning community earlier today, and, and one of our one of our one of our participants is a career and resume coach. And the core story for her, the people that she coaches, who are executives who are in the midst of a career transition, the core story is how do you do how do you find work that you love while also taking care of your res- the realities of your responsibilities. Right, yep. That's the creative tension. And you notice that statement is a paradox. Yes. Like, it's, it, it doesn't, that doesn't have some pat, cookie-cutter answer. It's a creative tension of these two opposing forces. I want to do more meaningful work that I love. And, well, you know, I got two kids in college – or, you know, my wife really, or my husband, like, I've got 60 days to figure things out. Otherwise, she's like, go work at Staples. I don't care what you do. You're going to have to just suck it up. So <laughs> there's this creative tension that we often find ourselves in. And the best kind of business story, in my opinion, is one that honors that kind of creative tension where there's still another chapter of the story to be written. And you're inviting people into that unfolding journey. Right. And that I think that's that's crucial. And and I, I love that you talk about the hero and, you know, as business, we often put ourselves in the hero. And, and you know, it's really hard not to do as a change agent, as somebody who's worked in the nonprofit for many years. I, I um, it was a constant thing to to catch myself um, saving people. So thank you, Michael. We're, well, we're about to take a break. So um, really appreciate the, the conversation already gotten lots of great stuff. And and I, I look forward to we'll, we'll continue this conversation after the break and we'll hear more about Fantastic. your business. Get storied. So um, if you can all stay with us, we'll be back in just a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire stories engage and stories move people to action it's pretty powerful stuff story coach leanne pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader build a more powerful brand or create a team of storytelling powerhouses you can email leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com contact leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower 
for women? The pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. Powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Picot. Uh, before the break, I was chatting with Michael Margolis, CEO and founder of Get Storied, the world's leading school for business storytelling. We were having a great conversation about the hero's journey and about um, the part of the journey that we often don't talk about, which is the um, the trip down the mountain trying to convince others to to see what we saw and um, be changed by it. Um, and and where we left off was also talk, we were also talking about the hero. And the idea that um, traditionally in business and for a lot of charities as organizations, we've we've positioned ourselves as heroes, you know, and so we do need to consider a change in that, and that will really help you help you in your business storytelling and thinking about the customer as the hero, and and especially in this, um, as Michael was talking about this this age of innovation and disruption. Um, empowering and, and uh, enabling our customers and and uh, communities to be part of the change and part of the innovation is really crucial. So, so Michael, I'm, I'm going to ask you because this is a you know again you know storytelling. A lot of people kind of say, "Yeah, storytelling is about marketing." I get it, mm-hmm. um, but it's so much more. So, I'm wondering why is story important for so many different disciplines and businesses? Absolutely. Well. For starters, the, the, the thing that the biggest obstacle that any of us face with the work that we do is disbelief. That's the obstacle. I mean, that's why the title of, 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 of my story manifesto is called Believe Me, because it really is this, this issue of why should I trust or believe you? What is real about the story that you're telling me? Uh, and, and really there, there's a, there's a deeper question underneath all of that for people. You know, this is what's in the mind of, of any person, any audience, no matter what business you're in. Here's the ultimate question. Unconsciously, they're asking themselves. Here it goes. Are you just trying to sell me more crap (laughs) or do you give a crap yeah. About my world and making it better. That's the ultimate question. 
Are you selling crap or do you give a crap? Yeah. Love it. And, and, you know, we're very suspicious uh, and with good reason of what, what, what is this person or this brand or this product's motivations? Do they really have my back? Do they really understand my world? Do I belong in this story? See, the best brands, the brands that we fall in love with, we fall in love with them because we feel like we belong in the story. You know, Apple realized technology was emotional. Oh, I belong in that story. Remember the hello, I'm a Mac, hello, I'm a PC commercials. That's right. That's right. right. They were, they were doing just that. And for some people, oh, Apple, no, I'm not into this overpriced, tragically hip sort of, I don't need that crap. Some people don't identify with the story, but that's what this is about. When you're telling a business story, do people identify with it? Do they belong in it where they go, yes, that's me. And so it's really learning the art of empathy and and, and being able to construct, describe a context that people can locate themselves into. And that, I think that's fantastic because, again, that is the key. Um, that's almost the creative tension right there for story as well, right? It's this piece around. And you've identified it really well in terms of how the customer is approaching story. But one of the things that I um, I have people ask me, and, and they probably ask you too, is how do I tell a story without seeming like I'm selling something, but in fact, I do want to sell something? So it's a really interesting piece. That, and just wondering what you would, what you, how, how you frame it for, for your learning community. Yeah. So, I mean, in the context of this interview, it may, I don't know if we have the time to really unpack it, but what I would, what I would lay out is and what we teach is, is what's called the four C's of storytelling. So every story, you know, needs character. So who's, who's the character or the focal point of the story? So that's the first C. And then, it, and then the, the three additional C's are circumstance, choice, consequence. All right, so character, circumstance, choice, and consequence. And you can use those to lay out a story and in a way that doesn't need to be moralistic, that doesn't need to have a prefabricated ending, but right. that instead is painting a scene, setting context that people can identify with, and then describing a dilemma or a challenge and uh, what are the potential options for how to overcome that challenge? And that's when you can introduce your product or your solution into the mix. Right. Nice. And and again, kind of what you were saying earlier, it's it's um, by by kind of going there with the messiness of life and the complic- and that there isn't a, a tidy um, put it in a bow kind of finish on it. I think that kind of finish is what often gets people's backs up because they. They recognize, and we like the happily ever after, but but we know it's not real. Exactly. So just like in the startup world, there's this huge focus on lean startup, which which is really about uh, what I've come to realize, the lean startup movement, which uh, and it's really become a big reference point for our work as well, because what we're teaching is how to bring integrity to the process of speculation. Mm, And and we should never forget that story, by definition, 
There's an aspect of it that's speculative. You're asking people to suspend disbelief. You know, imagine if, you know, like you're asking people like to to basically go on a journey with you of possibility and opportunity. And we've all been burned. We all, we're living in a very complex world. Like what's, how do I know I can really trust and go along with this? And, And when you're especially doing something innovative or entrepreneurial, by definition, that's speculative. You're still inventing or creating the future. So how do you give people the faith that, all right, there's, that, yeah, we can, we, that, this, that this future that you're describing is real. It's possible. It's accessible. Right. Um, I'll, I'll leave with this. I'll finish with this, which is the, there's a, 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 great, a great line from my friends at Micro Documentaries who say, how do you go from, it's really the journey of going from impossible to inevitable, Wow. Right? From impossible yeah. to inevitable. That's really the arc of the art and science of, of how you frame your story in a way where people go, oh, yeah, this, that makes so much sense. Right? That's, that's how you create change and transformation around any issue, topic, industry, or sector. And, um, and it's what we teach through, through our platform, through StoryU and, and uh, in the courses that we have there. Nice, nice. And I think that that's, um, again, it's um, when we talk about story um, and, and the transition from, from you know, because, again, I love that idea because in a way, often traditionally the stories have been about impossibilities. And we love the idea of, of overcoming the impossible as well, right? Like that is, that is a, and whether it's because it's an underdog or whether it's because it's, um, you know, human human um, success, whatever, people love that story anyway. Um, But again, might feel a bit cynical or unsure. So I love that arc to the inevitable and and, because you're taking people along the journey, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's, it's moving beyond, see, our traditional style of communications is this, is is a structure of rhetoric, which is you lay out a premise and then you present fact after fact that's a supporting (laughs) fact towards yes. that statement and you remove anything that contradicts it anything that doesn't support it you basically oh no that doesn't exist oh no 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 we're, well, that, that, that's not that's an inconvenient part of the story let's remove that mm. and and this is why so much business communications falls on its face because it, it doesn't ring true it you know we're, we're afraid to deal with the shadow with the messiness the creative tension um, that's really at the heart of any true problem, any complex issue. So you have to be able to to go beyond rhetoric, and that's the power of story, is to describe these converging forces and and this unfolding journey in a way that people go, yeah, I want to see where this goes. And you're and you're you're framing it and describing it in a way that actually feels very real, and it has the emotional content I need to be moved by it. Oh, I love it. I love that description because, again, like you say, the the kind of reaming off facts or, or you know, being a 
within the context of a business environment, you know, having a, a, a leader kind of share with everybody just how much, you know, the points went up on the stock exchange last year doesn't it doesn't resonate so you know it, it, it and that and I guess that's the thing about story is is it we're kind of growing up too because you know with storytelling again it was a lot of focus on on marketing and I know yourself and a, a number of people have been have been doing this for a very long time but it feels almost like like the time is now for story and so I'm wondering you know you you get to see so many different kinds of businesses in your in your work, and I'm wondering what the trends and opportunities are for those who are using st- story, either to lead or to grow their businesses. What what are you seeing out there? Absolutely, I, I think the, the the driving force that I would point to is is what what we call the humanization of business. So this is actually a convergence of trends and forces that go by many other names. So things like social media. Uh, workplace culture, innovation design, corporate social responsibility, uh, sustainability. Uh, there's, there's all of these converging forces, the voice of the customer, right? These converging forces that is changing the communication style and approach that we all have to take. And, of course, technology has been the driving force of that, uh, of the really the democratization of storytelling. And it, what it means is brands are having to learn how to um, – they can't speak from the voice of God anymore, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. need to like, yeah, let's, let's talk about the, 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 the making of story. Let's, let's help you understand how this product is formulated and, and help you understand what, what motivates us, what we care about, you know, what we're curious of, what's our imagination. Like all these things that um, are really creating a new tone uh, about how one communicates with one's audience and how you then invite your audience into the storytelling process uh, where, where your audience um, really gets to express their own story through their interaction with your brand. Absolutely. And, you know, as you talk about that, it, it's so funny because I'm thinking about, um, you know, in nonprofit world, uh, for many, many years, we were very good at that. We were very good at understanding, at, at listening to, finding stories and listening to community need. In fact, I, I was in the UK and, and um, had a career of 10 years doing it. Um, but now it's so interesting because business is starting to move over into that space and nonprofits have moved over into this funny space where they're saying, well, we have to be more like business. Yes. And <laughs> it's almost like this kind of weird transit transformation has happened where and and again you know sometimes in in nonprofits we're we're a little bit further behind or we have uh you know they have the say we I'm I'm an I'm an entrepreneur land now but um you know the so it, it's interesting and and I wonder sometimes about that's why I I love that your background as a social entrepreneur because it brings both together yep and and that's again the the space where it, like you say, it's humanizing. And so you have all these folks and especially like millennials and people saying they want to make a difference. They're not there to, you know, the corner office is, is no longer necessarily the thing that they're, they're wanting at the start of their career. So, so for me, story provides such a huge opportunity and understanding and asking and listening to the stories of the people we serve. I mean, I, it just seems like a, a huge growth area. 
it's I, I describe it as storytelling is the DNA source code of our humanity. Nice. So as, as we are building all sorts of things that have never existed before, as we reinvent and reposition institutions that have been around a long time but need to find a new kind of relevance – Story really becomes, if the more you can become fluent in the language of narrative and learn to think in story, as a leader, as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, as a coach or a consultant, if you can learn this language, everything else that you're working on will take care of itself. Because yeah. story is just really the, it's, it's a fundamental language into relationship into communications, and into identity. And, and this is what is in flux right now. We're trying to decide who we are versus, um, you know, like who we are versus who we aspire to be. Um, and that's what makes any story interesting, that creative tension, which is what we're all trying to navigate at this, at this unique time in history. Absolutely. And, and if you are a cult, uh, coach or a consultant or a change agent I mean the piece that I always um, talk to my clients about is you know those back pocket stories those stories that you have you know when when a customer says well how will you help me having stories of how you've helped others and having those at the ready are those are some of the most crucial stories we can tell and and you know um, so again you know the buying decision is often based on on somebody else saying this this was good right so it's so interesting to think of entrepreneurs in that space now leading the kind of lit and like you say in social media there's all sorts of ways we can listen to our customers and then create um i i think you either businesses or business models or social change i mean it's endless right like that arc you're talking about going from the impossible to the inevitable it's there's so many things we can do. It's, I think it's a, such an exciting, we have an exciting future. Well, it is, especially when you consider um, what used to be the purview of the shaman, the elder, and the priest. There used to be a very right. few elite who controlled the stories of our lives. Yes. And now that's been democratized where we all have the power to story our own future. And we, we hold the keys to the castle. Um, and unfortunately, though, none of us or very few of us have been given that instruction manual. And, um, <laughs> you know, this is this is what's inspired us to, to build a school that's yeah. that's really teaching this new language for doing business and, and one that's really rooted in the principles of narrative and how you apply that to leadership and innovation and marketing and, and you know, some of the other areas that you mentioned. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's I think people are hungry for it. Because they they don't um, a lot of folks we don't like the command and control. Yeah. Um, a lot of the people in the business space didn't go to Harvard and get an MBA. They're they're trying to solve a problem for people, and yeah. so if they're trying to solve a problem for people rather than um, after you know of course people want to make money too then then there is a different language where we can't go back to Mad Men days right. Well, I. I, I I don't see how that's possible. I mean, I, I think that there's um, this age of democratization of storytelling. It means that our audience, and as an audience, we're getting more and more sophisticated. 
So yes, you know, can you get, can we be manipulated by a story? Of course we can, but I think we're becoming more and more discerning in the stories that we consume. And that's, what's making it harder and harder to hide as a business or a brand. You need to get real. And if you don't, People are going to find out. They're going to see through, you know, behind the curtain to what really is. Absolutely. And that's a, uh, we're going to take a commercial break. And that's a really great thought to to finish this segment with. So you're listening to Story Powered with myself, Liam Pico, and my guest, Michael Margolis. Um, just wanted to give you, if you, you, you know, if you're up for, you know, a new way of of talking to people and want to know more about business storytelling and and improving the way you do business, go and check out Get Storied at www.getstoried.com. So we'll be back in just a moment when we're going to talk about how storytelling makes the business world a better place. See you then. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico, and I am talking with Michael Margolis about storytelling and how it relates to business. And before the break, we had a great chat about uh, the humanize, humanization of business. And I can always, I can talk for a very long time about that. So um, we're going to continue that conversation and talk about um, something that 
really has drawn me into story and actually something I've been doing my whole life and, and I know Michael has too, which is having an eye on, on making the world better, a better place for people. And um, there's a piece there for business about how, how does storytelling make the business world a better place? What do you think, Michael? Hmm. I get really excited about that. Um, I, I see a really bright future ahead um, despite some of the growing pains that we're in the midst of. And, and a big part of that is, is that um, you talk about like a better place. I, I think we're all trying to find our place in the world. You know, it, it, it used to be we were all born into a certain set of stories. And, and these stories, you know, we take from our family and our religion and our education that sort of said, hey, this is who you are. This is your place. Here's what's right and wrong. Please do not stray very far outside of these boundaries. If you do, well, you can, but don't expect to be able to come back. Mm, and yeah, that really was, in a way, going back to your opening story of the long walk home. Yeah. Right? That's what would sort of throw you out of the garden. It's like, oh, you want to yeah. be one of those people? Okay. <laughs> you know, enjoy yeah. the odyssey. Right? That's right. And, you, That's and you'd right. have to leave the comfort of home and that culture of origin. So th- there's a way right now where I-, I, think, I think through storytelling, what we're able to do is, is go beyond the stories of our circumstances, whatever circumstances we might be born into, whatever um, class, race, uh, geography, sort of the stories we've inherited of like, all right, okay, this is kind of my initial circumstances, that we actually uh, get to shape more of our future and we have more agency over the unfolding of our life. And and I think that's the most exciting piece for me about storytelling. And, and social media, of course, has democratized this because now thanks to Facebook and Twitter and blogs, you know, everybody has a story and you have a thousand and one platforms for telling your story. So there's this notion of once you get over the existential, you know, oh crap, we're all living in the Truman show. You know, it's like this (laughs) self-consciousness of, whoa, wait, there's cameras everywhere and everybody's looking at me. It's what um, Howard Rheingold called um, the internet turns life into performance art. (laughs) <laughs> right, so which, which yeah. it's a little bewildering at first, but there's ways that you can actually tell your story that go beyond bragging or apologizing. And, 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 and this is what we teach. And, and this is a way, though, that you can actually start really looking at the process of self-definition. Like what stories are you choosing to inhabit? And, and as we become more conscious of the choices we're making around those stories, well, we actually have the opportunity to step out of some stories that might cause suffering or stories that are unsustainable or stories that don't really work for the world that we're in right now. And um, that's the exciting piece. That's the transformational side um, to what we teach around business storytelling, which we're all going from an old story to a new story. And, um, we forget that the space in between or the space, you know, sort of the, the, the middle part of that journey is no story. And um, 
That's why this story stuff, it's everybody's buzzing about it. It's really exciting. And it's easy to get lost in the mix of it of like, wait, what does this really mean? How do I apply it? How do we do this stuff consciously, mindfully, intelligently? How do we go beyond the buzzword kind of BS of it all? Um, and, uh, and, and, and really, again, become more conscious of the stories we tell. And, and are we telling the right stories for the future we want to create? Um, and, uh, and, and never forget that story is like TNT. You know, this stuff is dynamite. Like, you need to handle this with care. Um, because story is a great tool that can, that can create um, great uh, well-being, as you said, making a world a better place. And story can also be used as a weapon. Um, you know, story can have a lot of unintentional consequences. So I think we have to use this mindfully, um, but the, the genie's out of the bottle. So, you know, we can't, we can't go hiding from this. We just need to learn to develop a, a deeper relationship to how story shapes our lives and, and really is the drivetrain of business. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you for that. And and yes, because that is the piece around story. It could be used for good or it can be used for evil. Um, and and you know, again, what we we talked about that in the in the second segment, though, in terms of people's kind of antennae and being able to yes. tell. And and that's why you know, I and I talked. You know, this this is one of my themes is the even the word storytelling is mm-hmm. is a bit of a misnomer because part of um, what you're talking about and what we're you know what's needed is is much better. Story story listening mm-hmm. so it's listening and that's the democratization it's it's not just like you say coming down from the mountain it is um you know people are telling stories and if you're a leader your employees are telling stories whether you like them or not or you know it or not and yeah. and same with businesses people are talking about you so um so in terms of that and what you've just been um saying i think sometimes businesses get a little caught up in trying to control the story Yes. And I wonder what you think about that. Mm. Your story is only as, or sorry, the brand is only as strong as the stories that people tell about you. So we, as a storyteller, you're forever at the mercy of your audience. You know, they get to choose to decide, do they like you? Do they trust you? Do they accept the story being presented to them or do they reject it? Um, so yeah, it's 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 an interesting setup. I, I would I would share this formula for for your listeners, which which maybe ties some of our earlier conversational threads as we as we're you know finishing up here, um, which is context plus perception equals value. Context plus perception equals value. So let's actually, well, what's an example of that? Do you ever watch uh, Pawn Stars? Do you know that TV show? I don't, but I, I think I've heard of it. So it, it, it's, uh, so if, if you're not familiar with Pawn Stars, it's like Antiques Roadshow, but only. Oh, cooler. I love Antiques Roadshow. All right. So it's so cooler? It's listening, cooler? Right? It's, it's this notion that people have these, these objects from their attic or they bought it at a garage sale and they want to know like, hey, what's it worth? Oh, and so with Pawn Stars, it's a 24-hour pawn shop in Las Vegas and all sorts of funny characters walk in with an object and, you know, they want to know, okay, what's it worth? <laughs> Excellent. And and there's this progression where, you know, imagine imagine I presented to you a Zippo lighter, and that's all you know. Okay, Zippo lighter, how much is it worth? Fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, something like that. Well, 
What if I told you actually it's a World War II Zippo lighter? Oh, well, okay. So now how much is it worth, Leanne? Just give me a number. It's a lot more. A hundred bucks. Okay. So it's a hundred bucks. Fair enough. But hold on. Now let's actually, if you take a close look at this Zippo lighter and, and you turn it upside down, you'll notice at the bottom it's monogrammed. And it has the monogrammed initials of, of General George Marshall. And I've got a photograph of General Marshall smoking a cigar with this lighter. Wow. Now, how much is it worth? Yeah, at least a thousand bucks, I'd say. Right? So yeah, it's yeah. still the cool. same object. It's just a lighter, same functional object. But depending what story is attached to it, it has a different perception of value. Same principle applies to wine. What's the difference between a, say, $50 bottle of wine versus a $500 bottle of wine? Yeah, it's time, usually. Yeah, but so much of it's the story. Or brand or story. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so again, we, we live or die on the story that we tell and what people's perception is of that story and the way that um, that's influenced is the larger context. So it's how you frame things. Um, framing things plus people's current perception or how you want to change their perception ultimately translates to the value that we project or attach to anything. Um, and there was a, a great study that was done on this called Significant Objects, where uh, a bunch of, of writers in New York went to uh, garage sales and, or thrift stores and bought these, like, b- bunch of junk. And then they, they bought them for, like, pennies on the dollar. And then they hired world-class writers to tell stories about each of these objects. They put it on eBay. And to make a long story short, what they spent was, like, $30, $40 of initial cost on all these objects, which eventually were auctioned off for multiple thousands of dollars, and the only wow. difference was the stories that were being told that was attached to each of the objects. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you, Michael, because that is uh, just, that really just shows us. So con- context plus perception equals value. And, and those are such great examples. So thank you so much. We're, we're out of time, I'm afraid. But thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm thrilled by everything that you're up to. Thank you. So thanks again to Michael Margolis, founder and CEO of Get Storied. If you're looking to find out more about storytelling and get in, um, develop your skills in this crucial business area, have a look at www.getstoried.com. And um, please tune in for next week's show as I talk to Tanya DeJong or DeJong in Australia. Tanya is a social entrepreneur, a singer, and a leadership consultant who will be sharing her stories and also giving tips about performing your stories, so getting past the anxiety. And don't forget to sign up for my weekly story blast at verygoodstories.com. Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Liam Pico, and Story Powered. I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.